The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we'll be doing an SEO case study. Joining us today is Jordan Cooney, who is an SEO strategist and advisor for Search Metrics. And this podcast is also sponsored by Hrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Hrefs just launched Hrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, on with the show. Here's my conversation with Jordan Cooney, SEO strategist and advisor for Search Metrics. Jordan, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Hey, Ben. Happy to be back. It's good to see you. Good to hear from you. And uh, I'm excited because we're starting something a little new today. You're going to give me live SEO advice on a project that I'm working on. We're going to do kind of an ongoing case study here. So let me set the context for everyone who's going to hear you telling me how to actually do SEO. I'm not only the host of the Voices of Search podcast, but I also host another podcast called the MarTech Podcast. And the MarTech Podcast gets seventy to 80,000 downloads a month. And we are rebooting the website for the MarTech podcast to move beyond just our audio content. But we're also going to be creating a web property to try to build a community around people that work in the marketing and technology industry. So I need your help, right? I I have martechpod.com. We're probably going to buy another domain that is martech and community related, maybe hopefully martech.community or something like that. And we want to add additional functionality and get our website to actually produce some traffic. So I need your help figuring out what our SEO strategy should be. Let's start from the top here. Yep. Let me just give you the lay of the land when it comes to the existing MarTech podcast website. We've got our homepage, 
a couple of sale pages, a little bit about the podcast, about our sponsorship program. But most of our content is our episodic content. It's the podcast episodes where we've written show notes and quotes, and we have some category pages for that as well. You and I have talked offline about also building a company directory, creating a page for the seven or 8,000 companies in the MarTech space. I want to focus our conversation on that today. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into the company directory, just give me your thoughts. You know, What do you think we should do when it comes to creating an SEO strategy for the MarTech community? Well, the core of any great SEO strategy is finding ways to connect your core assets, your core offerings, like what is it that you have that you can provide to the search audience, to the search user, right? And people who are looking or seeking information, knowledge, product, that is always the best recipe, right? And in companies, and we've talked about companies on this show many times that go off course, that, you know, head towards a path that is not in alignment with their core assets, in alignment with their core value to the internet, often get in a lot of trouble with Google. And that's where the biggest struggle happens, right? So great example is TripAdvisor moving into the restaurant space, right? And you can do these things successfully. You can move into new categories successfully. I'm not saying you can't, but you have to be mindful of how you're doing it and what the value is. What is the value of the content or the substance that you're providing to the user? And is it really reflective of what your site is truly about? So I don't know if we're moving into a new category. We might have a new product offering, right? The people that are interested in the audio content, the podcast for the MarTech podcast, are still the people that are going to be interested in written MarTech content. And maybe the written content has a bigger audience. That's kind of what I'm hoping. The end goal here is to not move from marketing and technology into you know, finance or a different vertical, it is how do we build a web property that serves as an aggregation point for this community so we can actually have people join the interactive portion of our community, right? Right. I want people to come to the website to not only engage with the podcast content, I want them to look at other content that's MarTech related and then give us the opportunity to upsell them into a free community, probably on Slack that we're building to actually have a home for the community to interact. Yes. So I'm thinking of the MarTech community website as a user acquisition channel that will hopefully drive people to understand that there is this community that they can apply to be a member of and then interact with their peers. So what content should I be building or what should I be doing to optimize my website to make sure that I am reaching as many people as I can that are searching for MarTech-related content? So, you know, Ben, this is a great question. And a lot of our listeners struggle with this part, which is, hey, we know what we have. We know that we've got great assets, but what do we do next, right? And so like in your case, you've got all these great summaries of shows that have taken place on this MarTech podcast. You've got the audio files and the text version of that show that people could find and search and identify. But that would be a very specific user. It's a very specific person who's listened to your show and then has some need or something that they want to reconnect and engage with that show. And so they're searching for it and then they find your website. The written version of the audio content is supplemental. Yeah. Right? People only come to the website because they've listened to the content. Correct. It's not really where they're finding content. 
And what you're looking to do is you want to create new user acquisition. You already have... This is a person who's already dialed into the show. They're connected. There are tens of thousands of people that listen to the MarTech podcast. We're going to tell them in the podcast, come join our community. There are other people that are looking for MarTech content that are not podcast listeners. I want to capture that user base. That's right. And that's a much larger user base, right? I hope so. Yeah, it absolutely is, right? I mean, it's a huge audience. I mean, let's just take the basic data points, right? I mean, what is there, like over 3,000 MarTech-like softwares or platforms or technologies that exist in the world? Yeah, there's 7,000 MarTech companies. 7,000. All right, there you go. So I was off by more than half. So I mean, just think about the audience and the reach that all those companies have. And when you get into that space, Ben, and you start producing content for individuals, useful content for searchers that are looking for information in the broader context of marketing technology, then you'll be tapping into a bigger pool of visitors and ultimately subscribers to your community. Yeah, and here's what I'm thinking. There are 7,000 companies and we've done a little research on the industry and I know that there's about 30,000 executives, director level or above, at those companies. Mm. So now I'm sitting here saying, all right, there's 30,000 marketing leaders and there's something like 200,000 marketing operators lower than a director level. So I look at the total addressable market just in terms of headcount, not revenue, as like 300,000 potential people. We've got 10, 20, 30,000 people that listen to the MarTech podcast. There's another order of magnitude to reach those people. Right. And the other piece is you haven't even thought about how many customers are those companies touching. And they're obviously connected to the MarTech community because they're using those technologies. And that number probably is a hundredfold bigger. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that we can be reaching. Now, the problem that I'm thinking about is when I go and I'm in search metrics here, I'm doing my keyword discovery. I'm looking at the search volume for the keyword MarTech and it's 2,500 searches. It is not a ton of search volume. Right. Right. So how do I create content that is going to attract this 300,000 plus person audience when only 2,500 people actually look for the term MarTech. Well, let's figure out what it is that they're looking for, right? And what is it that will create value for those users? So one of the obvious things, because you're looking at employees and you're looking at executives in these companies, they're probably very much interested in their own company, who are their competitors, and probably looking for more information about relevant companies within their space, right? Because this is how you gain traction in the market. You learn about what competitors are doing and you find different ways to scale your business. Okay, so let's talk about that. The first thing... And hey, look, we talked about this offline. I want to build a company directory, right? That's the first thing Mm -hmm. that I can think about is how do I rank for all of the different company terms within this industry, within MarTech? And so the idea here is let's go build a page for each company. There's 7,000 pages right there. And then the companies are segmented into roughly 30 different categories. Now I have 30 category pages so I can pull in not only the individual pages, but I'm building these sort of directory pages. All right, great. Now I have this sort of company archive of pages. And I'm thinking about the content that I should put on there. And you know what I've come up with off the top of my head is 
I need a company description. I need the locations. I need to know how much funding they have. Who are the executives at the companies? Are they hiring? What are their product ratings? Who are their competition? These are all different pieces of data that are out there on the internet, you know, between Crunchbase and LinkedIn and G2 Crowd. And there's all these other directories that are not MarTech specific, but that, you know, this data is there. Give me the playbook for building a directory without creating a bunch of duplicate content. And that right there, I think the last piece to your summary is really important because when you look at a lot of these directory-like experiences, they're incredibly similar. There's very little to no value add, not only to the user, but in the ecosystem, right? Like the business directory environment and ecosystem. So what do you do? How do you figure this out? And so the first thing you want to start to look at is what are other directories doing and not doing? Are there things that I could provide that other directory providers are not doing? Could I provide insights that they don't have, right? And so one of the unique things is how you started down this journey. You started down this journey by saying, hey, there's roughly X number of executives and there's X number of employees who are associated with these companies. Is there some kind of a value add to connect that data piece with that profile of that company? That's one possible unique positioning that you could put into the marketplace. The reality is that getting the basics of this directory set up isn't going to do you much, right? Because it's company name, company description, number of employees, all very public and very accessible data about the company. So what we need to start thinking about is what are some of the components of your brand and your knowledge or information that we can use to differentiate these directory pages? So let's talk through that, right? I can basically grab content from other sources. Mm -hmm. Sure, everything we're going to write is totally 100% unique. Not to not wink, but we're going to be grabbing some company descriptions that have been used other places. And I can put those together from multiple different sources. So I'm taking product ratings from one source and company description and funding. All that stuff is being aggregated together. Hopefully, there's some value there. We also have the list of who is working for those companies and we can potentially put who those people are and what content they're sharing. We could put what content the companies are sharing, right? I'm still doing content aggregation fundamentally. You're the SEO strategist here. What makes this compelling? Well, not much, right? It's basically something that you see quite a bit in these business directories, right? But there are some companies that have done some things to make these pages very unique or differentiated. And then there are assets that you have as a business that can help you differentiate and make your page stand out. So one of the ideas that I have for you is you mentioned categories before. So you've got category data about all these different businesses. Now, can we feature certain shows, certain episodes that took place in the MarTech podcast on these pages that are relevant to that category relevant to that company. And then that adds a new appeal to this particular page because a visitor who's maybe searching for a marketing technology platform like HubSpot, you know, they can quickly start to see that you've got other great episodes on CRMs and how to you know, manage content online and use technology to do it and scale it. Sure. So whenever 
I have a podcast episode. We have that tagged with who the speaker is and who the company is. Mm -hmm. So whenever I'm on the HubSpot page within my directory, it'll show all the people that I've interviewed within HubSpot. So I've done four or five interviews with Scott Brinker and Kieran Flanagan and, you know, the couple other people that have worked at HubSpot and that content will show up on that page. And then you also mentioned, all right, the category page. I'm going to take all of the CRM related content and put it on the CRM category page. So I'm starting to interject links to my content. But to me, that's an internal linking exercise, right? It's not necessarily bringing unique content onto those pages. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Do you think Google actually cares if I'm linking to my podcast episodes? Is that really the differentiator? No, the differentiator isn't linking to your podcast episodes. The differentiator is, are you creating enough substantive value on this page by providing users with a summary or highlight of that episode to keep them engaged and willing to use that directory page about that company. So in easy terms, when a user searches, learn more about HubSpot, and they end up on your page, are they getting enough value? Are they engaged long enough? Because there's great differentiated content here to make you rank higher than everyone else. I don't know. You're the SEO expert, is there? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a great starting place. And the reason I think it's a great starting place is that you're taking assets that you already have and that you already know are useful because tens of thousands of people have listened to these episodes. And you're connecting them with this directory experience. And you're also calling out to the employees and the competitors of this particular company or sector or category to say, hey, look, There's useful education content here that you can gather from the podcast. And also, by the way, if you're interested, you can engage in the community and ask questions and be part of a bigger group of people. And so I think that there's a great positioning here by using assets you already have, your podcast episodes, and building out these directory pages. And that's actually an interesting point is that the 
company profiles can serve as personal directories as well. Where somebody comes on, we're using HubSpot as the example, and we could say there are eight members of the HubSpot marketing team who are members of the community, join the community to interact with them. And it serves as a networking tool for you to be able to reach out to people that are in the MarTech community, but you know how many of them are working for a specific company. Exactly. Exactly. And the funny thing is that if you were really to look at these pages side by side, right? If you were to look at this page and a hundred other directory companies out there, everything from the outlers of the world to the G2s of the world, all these companies have directory pages. You're not going to see a ton of differentiation. But when it comes down to the value creation, you're able to set yourself apart from everyone else. So look, this is one strategy where we're talking about building a directory. And from my non-SEO expertise, little pea brain, I'm thinking, great, I'm going to have 7,000 pages. I'm going to be able to borrow some content from some other resources, build my own pages. If nothing else, this should help me build my domain authority with Google. The site looks a lot bigger. There's pages that are relevant to the overall MarTech topic. I get to build these category pages. On some level, doesn't just building out the website to be a little bit more substantial help? It's a great question, Ben. And I'd say yes and no. There's a huge danger here, right? And this happens to a lot of businesses, small and big. A lot of companies get this big ambition that they're going to build all these pages and it's going to revolutionize the whole business and the whole domain authority or the whole presence of this website in Google. And the reality is that it doesn't work that way. It can do that. It certainly can achieve that goal. But in order for you to get to that goal, you need to learn if you're actually creating value. And so what I always suggest in these situations is, let's start small. Let's see if we're actually able to create enough value with a sample set and understand how users are engaging, understand if we're able to acquire new users, see if we're able to create different modifiers on the page to see if people are willing to engage like voting for these businesses or voting or ranking certain podcasts that show up on the page, engagement on the content. Are we able to produce that? And if we are, great, we can build this out and make it bigger. If we're not, then maybe we have to tweak the content and the assets and identify new ways to build that experience because parts of this is having the asset, parts of this is building the experience to produce the expected outcome with users. Yeah, my only concern is that if we're building this directory, building half a directory makes the directory worthless. I think you got to shit or get off the pot. You're going to build the directory and it's just going to be an upfront cost to go build it. And my concern is building it and then having ongoing maintenance. We're going to have to publish what's all the content that these companies have been publishing, what jobs do they have, right? That requires ongoing maintenance, which is sure. ongoing cost. And so just putting the money into building the directory, it's a one-time cost I'm willing to do. Keeping it up to date and fresh is a separate question. And maybe that's where it's like, hey, let's see if this thing worked. And if it does, then we're going to start building out more real-time features to make those community pages more interesting. So I want to give you a great story. I was working with a friend the other day on a really unique situation. We were essentially working on a whole new potential character set that 
really has never been seen by Google or the web really ever before. And I know that's very vague and it's very obscure, but I really can't release much more information than that. But it was really funny because I said, I don't know how Google is going to react. I have no idea how Google is going to consume this page. I don't know how Google is going to render this content. And I sure as hell don't know how Google is going to rank it. And so what I told them was like, let's just run a test on a property, a website that we can control and see what the outcome is. And we literally posted up two pages. And within 48 hours, our answer was very clear that Google could crawl it, Google could index it, and Google was certainly ranking it. And it was pretty remarkable that we could take such a small test to validate our convictions, our beliefs, and see if it actually panned out in the ability to gain Google users. And so I think one of the important things, and the only reason why I gave you that story is because I agree with you. These investments are difficult. They're hard to make. Whether you have a big company or a small company, these are really tough decisions to make big content investments into your websites. Identifying test scenarios that fit your business is super critical because you don't want to make this investment of 7,000 pages, come to find out that they're useless and worthless, and you have to deprecate them six months later or six years later. That's never fun for anybody. Okay. So we got to test and figure out, and honestly... I'm going in. We're doing this. I'm going to go build the directory and I'm going to do the whole damn thing. And it's going to cost $10,000 and it's coming out of pocket. And I just want to build a company directory because I think it's a useful asset for the business. If you're going to talk about the MarTech community, you need to be able to have pages for each individual company in the industry. And we'll find a way to make those useful and valuable. There you go. Just to jump in there then maybe the test strategy there is iteration with the content that exists on those pages. Maybe it's less about whether we build them or not. And it's more about how do we make sure we find and tweak the dials to have the right content on the pages. By the time I'm done building the template of the pages, we will have outsourced ways to produce the content. So obviously, content costs money, but we're going to be repurposing other content archives to be able to create these directory pages. Jordan, last question I have for you. Great, we've got the company directory. I've got my podcast. What are the other types of content that you recommend I consider to start driving organic traffic to the MarTech community? Yeah, so there are some that are easier to get access to than others. But let's start with some of the easy ones, like ratings about these companies. Right? There's a lot of companies that provide ratings and kind of very simple API type format. Jobs, job listings is another great example of data that you can also get through API or other feed-like type opportunities. And then also, as we start to venture more into some of the more challenging stuff, getting data on the performance of these companies, right? So like a good example is like, how do I get like maybe some general Alexa-like data. Like, where does a company's website rank in terms of the web's biggest websites? You know, those kinds of more performance-type metrics. Qualitative data. Yeah, qualitative data about the company. Great point. I think it's a little trickier, a little more challenging, but also a very valuable and unique set of content. And then when you get into the more robust-type content is really where you get into the unique-type assets. Things like, can I get user-generated content on these profile pages? Can I get and acquire, leverage competitive and research-based content about these companies? 
This starts to become a little bit trickier because sometimes you yourself have to manufacture or produce that content or create rules or different criteria to say that this company is a competitor of this company. Or you have to get a community to engage. But those are the golden sets of content that a lot of these directory sites try to aspire to access and provide. Now, outside of just being a directory site, right? I said we have the podcast content, we have the directory. Mm-hmm. What are the other things I can do? I go create a blog, right? Create my influencer content, go start having some opinions. Yeah. Do some research on the industry. Honestly, that's where all the like aggregated industry wide data will be is like, hey, here's a thought leadership part we put together about this industry. And now we have a blog and a newsletter. Do you have any other suggestions of what content I should be producing or how to generate traffic? Yeah, I mean, I'd say that one of the areas that I always love to encourage, especially heavy business-focused, B2B-type focused environments, is to really think about that thought leadership positioning, right? Can I produce something like a white paper? Can I produce something like in-depth video content with like a researcher? I really believe that that kind of content performs incredibly well in these settings where you're acquiring the business audience to engage with you. Okay. Jordan, we're going to talk more about this in the next couple weeks and months. I appreciate you coming on the show. You've given me some advice. It's good to hear a case study. And, and we're going to tell you how some of these things get built. And we're going to talk to you a little bit about what the performance was. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jordan Cooney, SEO strategist and advisor to Search Metrics. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is JT Cooney, or you could visit his website, which is jordancooney.com, J-O-R-D-A-N-K-O-E-N-E.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions. You can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter. And my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed soon. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. 